Hello, and welcome to Foul Puck, a podcast about sports ball for the rest of us. Unlike other sports ball podcasts, we talk about sports without assuming you out there listening to us know everything there is to know about religious exemptions or the Bradley Act. Today is September 27th. I am Rebecca. I am officially, once again, your your hockey person. Um, I am marginally excited about hockey, though there are <laughs> shockingly already shenanigans. Uh, and I am joined today by my lovely friends who get to be in a room together. It's true. <laughs> it's true. We are both here in California, and I have free laundry machines, so, you know. <laughs> this is why Rachel's friends with me. <laughs> Rachel, I have a free laundry room machine also. I, you know what? I know the commute is a little bit. <laughs> if I ever come visit you, I will bring a suitcase full of dirty laundry. How's that? Good. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. Also, I have pie. So, I mean, who doesn't love me right now? Yes. So, like, I mean, I could have pie. Could you? I could make a pie. Can you? But yes, hers I is, is actual. Yours is theoretical. So there is that advantage. Well, as is your use of my laundry machine. <laughs> anyway, so I'm Nancy. Nancy. Who are you? <laughs> I'm Nancy. I'm your basketball enthusiast. Although I'm giving the whole NBA a real hard, like hairy eyeball this week, um, mm-hmm. and I'm sad because in spite of the fact that I'm wearing my baller new Seattle Storm, uh, oh hey, sweatshirt in the baller, yeah. Neon green. Gotta love the neon. Um, he got eliminated from the playoffs. But that's okay, because the Chicago Sky are still in, and that's cool. So that's who we're rooting for now. I More assume we'll get later. to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm Rachel. I'm your baseball guru. About to enter the postseason, almost certainly with none of my teams in there. Uh, oh, pretty yeah. sure Jess will adopt you as a Blue Jays fan if they yeah, make it. Blue Jays are there. They might. They're mm-hmm. uh, yeah. If the A's aren't going to get in, and there's like a 05 percent chance that they do at this point, which might be so zero they're still after alive. tonight. <laughs> there's still a chance. Staying there's a chance. Yeah, <laughs> mathematically. Yes, mathematically there is a chance. <laughs> Practically, <Realistically>, however. <laughs> Well, it's it's good to see you guys. I feel like we haven't done this in a while. Yeah, yeah, it does um, feel like it's been a month. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Rachel, you have some some stuff to talk to us about sports betting. Yes, um, I know. I know very little about sports betting aside from fantasy hockey and the fact that I mother effing hate the amount of gambling commercials I now see watching sports. Rebecca, yep. this is our pod. You can swear if you want. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, so we talked last episode, whenever that was, three years ago, three days ago, who knows. Um, Time ab- is meaningless. About mm-hmm. um, gambling in uh, hockey specifically with the Evander Kane mm-hmm. shenanigans. Um And that got me thinking that I had read an article somewhat recently referring to uh, rule changes about to take place in the NFL. And I don't know. I find the concept of betting and gambling kind of fascinating because I so don't understand it. Mm. (laughs) There are many, you know, risky behaviors that I, even if I don't partake in them, I can understand the the appeal. Mm -hmm. But... 
bedding just like mashes all my anxiety buttons just the thought of it like I'm stressed enough watching a game like could <laughs> could you imagine if I had a significant amount of money riding on the outcome of that game yeah that's oh valid. I mean just just playing fantasy sports stresses me out there I have like our buy-in every year for that is $25 like that that's nothing and I still get stressed <laughs> out about the fact that I lose every year <laughs> Yeah. It's cuz I it's cuz I play my emotions and not the facts. But like I'm sorry, I can't ever put Brad Marchand on my team. Sorry. <laughs> Rachel. Sorry. Back to okay, you. and to be fair, you know, I do understand that that gambling is an addiction and I understand the or mechanism by which Yeah, can be. Yes. Mechanism by which that happens. I'm not denying that's a thing. I just Mm-hmm. One of those mm-hmm. things that I just don't quite get. Anyway, yeah. so I went hunting for that NFL article I had read briefly, and it was specifically addressing changes for this upcoming season. And there are a few that I didn't particularly care about, uh, including something changing how jersey numbers are assigned and how teams get jersey numbers. Yeah, it was something about numbers one through nine or a whole big deal. And I, I, don't, I don't know. You so, know what? We, we should do an episode on Jersey numbers at some point because I may clock so out at thing. least. Oh, <laughs> just like, you can do that at the same time you do your draft episode. And I'll just peace out that day. <laughs> you can tell me okay, all about it, Rebecca. <laughs> okay. All right. Maybe not a whole episode. Okay. And then there was some stuff about, you know, moving to streaming services. Made it sound like it's going to be almost all streaming services and few cable channels coming up. I don't know. But that's a whole big thing that I don't particularly want to get into too much. Um, Some rules of changing about quote unquote taunting um, that are getting even stricter. I know that football in general is pretty uh, down on the celebrations um, and this is making it even stricter, and they were uh, making it sound like if you even celebrate facing the other team, that could be considered taunting. Wow. Wow. Do we know, uh, like, in your reading about this, do we know why? <sighs> Not particularly. Okay. I mean, they can find them when they taunt. I don't know. It's It's probably because the team that's being celebrated upon doesn't like it. I wonder if there's a time aspect to it, too. Like, it just takes up time in the game. Yeah, that's like true. Like a delay of game penalty or something. Yeah, but I think the clock stops. Yeah, but it's still, not like. Yeah, I mean the clock stops for everything in football. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, Says anyway, the so... baseball person. <laughs> there is no clock in baseball. It can go <laughs> exactly. on exactly forever. Yeah, at my point. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, uh, according to Mike Tannier for the New York Times, whose article I got some of this from. Um, So this is the best uh, summation of the change to the betting rules. The league announced agreements with Fox Bet, Bet MGM, Points Bet, and WinBet to join Caesars Entertainment, DraftKings, and FanDuel as approved sportsbook operators for the 2021 season. Just about the only unapproved sportsbook left is the one Uncle Junior ran out of the back of his candy store in 1962. The new agreement means more choices for wagerers and even more visible gambling advertisements and pregame programming for everyone else. If the league's new permissive attitude towards gambling appears to be at philosophical odds with its puritanical taunting policy, keep in mind that one activity increases direct revenues while the other does not. Mm-hmm. So this made me need to research things because... That's who I, you are. Yeah, and even though I am recent to sports, you know, it's 
clearly more things are allowed now than were when I, you know, kept up with the NBA a little bit in high school and stuff like that. So dra- things like DraftKings and FanDuel monetizing fantasy leagues are somewhat recent developments. Uh, there was apparently a 2018 Supreme Court decision that reversed a federal ban on anti-sports gambling, saying that the states can do what they want. Uh, Nevada, however, always could, and there were exceptions for horse and dog racing, which, why those are exceptions are, I don't know, probably a cultural money. thing that, yeah, it's already so much money tied up into it. So this was a reversal of the 1992 Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act, or Bradley Act. And the weird thing is it didn't actually ban gambling. It said states must ban gambling, except Nevada. (laughs) So New Jersey and Chris Christie were uh, some of the the biggest uh, people pushing to overturn the Bradley Act. Interestingly, the NCAA, MLB, NHL, NFL, and Southern states, where college sports are big, opposed overturning it. Even Republicans. So it was not at the time, Mm -hmm. even in 2018, was not divided down party lines, which hard to find anything like that anymore. However, so they were so they were still roughly against sports betting at that time. Yes, they were uh, against overturning the 1992 Bradley Act. Okay. Uh, but the NBA and MLB simultaneously spent money lobbying state legislatures to pass gambling rules favorable to their organizations. So apparently they saw the writing on the wall and were Mm -hmm. like, no, we oppose overturning it. But if you overturn it, here's what you should do so that we get our cut. Mm Okay. Um, the internet meant that states with more permissive rules could cater to everyone. Not sure how that worked since large-scale gambling was around and partnering with major pro sports leagues before 2018, but that was a whole legal quagmire that I wasn't prepared to get into for the purposes of this. Uh, okay. So, backing up a little more to history, uh, possibly the most famous sports betting scandal uh, was the 1919 World Series, sometimes called the Black Sox Scandal, because eight members of the White Sox threw the game to the Cincinnati Reds in exchange for a payout. Uh, also, Pete Rose betting on himself and getting kicked out of the Hall of Fame. Right, of course. That's the one I know. The classic. Yes. Do we know how much money they they won throwing uh, the game? I don't know. It was 1919, so they probably won like $57, which is <laughs> comparable today to $100,000. 18 million. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Clearly, I tend to much further extremes than, than <laughs> It's all levels of hyperbole at this point. Uh, pod title. It's so, all levels of hyperbole. Uh, Ian Glendon wrote a, an article on full press coverage uh, talking about kind of the hypocrisy of this because, and I quote, the NFL shield was built on and continues to grow at a rapid rate because of gambling. So the original team owners for the NFL were racetrack owners and bookies and bootleggers who bought teams. Uh, Commissioner Ron Goodall has been making a big stink about the the league's integrity, but it only violates the league's integrity when they weren't getting a piece of the action. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the the writer gave as an example, uh, the 1980s uh, Novato Casino satellite feeds uh, had to pay fees to the NFL. So the NFL could have said, no, you're not allowed to get our feeds, but they didn't. They said, yeah, you can get them, but you got to pay. Capitalism. Yay. Money makes the world go around. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, that's enough. 
Might have to pay royalties on that. Ah, shit. <laughs> okay, so here's a here's another quote. Sports books take nearly four billion dollars in bets a year, with half of that coming from professional and college football. The NFL knows this, and they know that gambling is the lifeblood of the expansion of the game. It is the reason why the NFL has injury reports, not for fair play on the field, but in the casinos. And I thought that oh. was interesting. Because that's oh. something, an idea I'd never come across before. And I was wondering, I have no. a, a note in here to ask Rebecca if you think that might be why the NHL is so cagey about injury reports. Well, I think there's, I I definitely think that's probably part of it. I definitely probably think that's probably <laughs> part of it. Um, because the, the NHL is notoriously cagey with injury reports. Um, I'm, I remember in the 2018 Stanley Cup run for the Capitals, Nicholas Backstrom hurt his finger, like broke his finger, not just like, ow, I broke a nail. Um, <laughs> and, and the coach was like, yeah, it's an upper body. Well, it's a low, well, it depends on where he's holding it. <laughs> like, it the stupidest thing in the world. Um, Kinky. So, so yeah. Um, so, so the NHL is notoriously bad about sharing that stuff. Um, so I could see that. Um, I could see that culture changing mm. if sports betting on hockey gets, you know, significantly more profitable. But I will also say the NHL one hundred percent as a league thinks of itself as using very retributive justice. Um, like there was a, there was a fight between the Capitals and the Rangers last season and the Capitals and the Rangers play each other in the first game of this season. And everybody's expecting there mm. to be like a melee yeah. because this, this stupid sport is so obsessed with, like avenging your teammates and things like that. Um, and so the party line that gets, that gets um, pulled out a lot is, well, if we announce where people's injuries are, other players are going to target them. Right. I remember hearing that. Yeah. You talked about that. And I don't know. That doesn't really make sense to me. Cause like, the other players are going to hear about it regardless, you know? It's or announcing like to the, the public. watch the video feed. Like, you see Well, that's like, exactly it. Yeah. Like, you can like watch you the video know. feed, and in, and in, I would say, 75% of cases, At least. you can tell what they've done to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's that important I, to you that you take out their trick knee, like, you can find out about it. So, I don't know. Right. It just seems like fishy right. logic. I but, agree. I think it's, it's, the NHL does not embrace a culture of change. <laughs> <laughs> To put yes. it lightly. Yeah. And so True. they need something significant that benefits them in order to change that. Um, it's not even a policy to change that. Pattern. Practice. Yeah. Yeah. Pattern. Yeah. It was just so interesting coming across that because it was like, you know, I mean, I like it obviously because, you know, Chris Bassett gets hit in the face with a, a line drive, unfortunately. And I want to know, you know. Is the man okay? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but, you know, and there's always so He's much He's got an about... upper body injury. <laughs> does it depend on where his head is? <laughs> I mean, how often does he put himself in traction? <laughs> I don't know. It's a rather personal question. Yeah. You may have to ask him directly. It's true. Um, he's back, though. To. Do you he... have his number? <laughs> yeah. 
he started a game recently for yeah, the A's, so he's I saw that. yeah, he did well. I think the rest of the A's did not, but you know, what else is new? So yeah, but you know, all the the speculation about when is somebody coming back in? You know, how long are they going to be on the injured list? And you know, obviously, a lot of that is for shuffling around of, of players, bringing them up from the minors and stuff, thinking specifically about baseball, of course, and, you know, you wanting to know when your favorite player is going to be back, but it just kind of hadn't even occurred to me that, oh, yeah, capitalism does factor into that because mm-hmm. people want to know what the odds are their team winning without a mm-hmm. certain player. And the odds of whether somebody will be in or not. And, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so going back to the, the NFL's... Uh, this talking about the hypocrisy. Sorry, of, sorry. I, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna back up a second. The okay. one thing that I think hockey would rely on to not start disclosing injuries is usually when they say somebody's injured, their upper body day to day or mm. week to week or undisclosed. Right. So that would be the piece that then gives somebody in fantasy hockey, the idea of whether or not they're going to play in a given game or a given week would be that day-to-day, week-to-week, unknown feature. Right, because that tells you the severity, basically. Right. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> That's okay. Okay, and they were talking, and I don't know, this may be a stretch in terms of NFL's hypocrisy, but of moving the Raiders to Vegas, um, you know, I don't know if that engenders more betting but it is certainly moving money toward a a city where it's notorious for gambling mm-hmm. and even goodall the commissioner uh he revert completely reversed course in 2020 saying quote we think that sports gambling in many ways creates a lot more engagement for our fans it gives them another oh, opportunity up. to engage with the game i mean it's true he's not wrong but i think <laughs> but i think there's there's probably also a really good population of people who gamble on sports, who don't give a single shit about sports. Yes. That's true. I'm like, sure that's true. I have I have absolutely no research or numbers to back this up, but I would bet those people spend more money. Maybe not. Maybe I won't finish that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now, wild speculations are part of the fun. <laughs> okay, so I kind of wanted to look into... The pros and cons of legalizing more of sports gambling. All right. So one obvious pro is it generates a fuck ton of money. And legalizing it would increase uh, tax revenue. So specifically for the state of New Jersey in 2020, which was two years after the Supreme Court reversed the Bradley Act, it generated $50 million in tax revenue. Jesus. And that's for a pretty tiny state, too. Yep. Yeah. Imagine what it'd be in California. So another pro-ish, it's going to happen anyway. This just provides a legal avenue. After which I wrote, ha-ha, sex work, Mm -hmm. ha-ha, and shrinks the black market. I mean, that's the the stupidest argument for everything ever, which I think you know. (laughs) Yes. So another pro, uh, Yahoo sports columnist named Jeff Passan says, betting could put baseball back on top because it's so (laughs) numbers-based. It may even hasten the advent of robot umpires to ensure fairness. Ooh. So then he was talking about a, this imagined utopia where people were mm-hmm. betting on whether the next pitch would be a ball or a strike. It's kind of like, well, people would care more about baseball, so yay. But also everything else, so boo. Mm-hmm. Right. That checks out. 
All right, and my last pro, uh, telling the Protestant ethic to fuck right off. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now we get into some cons. Uh, Like the lottery, uh, sports betting disproportionately affects people of lower socioeconomic status. Somebody, I didn't write down who, called it a tax on despair and boredom. Which is a pretty bleak way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, con facilitates gambling addictions. Uh, one pro gambling site uh, I, I read, because of course if you Google pros and cons of gambling, thanks to Google's SEO, what you're going to get is a bunch of uh, pro gambling websites who yeah. either run gambling sites specifically or are affiliated with them telling you to spend your mm-hmm. money. Uh, one pro gambling site said online sports books could actually fund addiction recovery programs. Oh. Good. Much like Philip Morris running anti-smoking ads. Mm-hmm. Uh, con, no net gain I, for I, the economy I, if people's salaries are simply going right into gambling money. I'm sorry, wait, say that one again? There's really no net gain for the economy if salaries are simply going right into gambling oh. instead of being spent in the community. Uh, well, con, I mean, it's fine. If the people who win the gambling money are going to spend it in the community, that's a good thing, right? Well, I mean, and I hadn't no, specifically I'm, I'm, addressed this, but, like, this is still just concentrating more wealth in the hands yes. of the upper class. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, and con we've talked about before could compromise the integrity of sports. Obviously, we've talked about the playing of sports, um, but also the watching. As Rebecca, you referred to earlier, gambling ads and sponsorships take over. And a different article was talking about a dystopia where even, like, taking over the commentary and game day culture. Mm. Um, we're specifically envisioning, like, stadiums, the, the you know, stadium or arena atmosphere becoming more like a betting track atmosphere. Yeah. And, like, do you want to take your family to that kind no. of a thing? No. And admittedly, I don't want to take myself to that. <laughs> no, really. Admittedly, that's kind of a worst case scenario at this point. But uh, probably worth bringing up. Okay, and I thought this was interesting, kind of, uh, as a closer. Michael Brandon Doherty of National Review wrote, But for fans who, like myself, love the quiet, almost somnambulant tone of meaningless August baseball, the new, more insistent bid to get into our wallets during the seventh inning stretch will be an aesthetic and moral nuisance. Which was, I thought, a pretty good (laughs) argument against. Yeah, spoken like a curmudgeon. Yep. Curmudgeonly baseball fans, of which there are so many. <laughs> so that's just kind of a look of at where we are right now, where we might be headed. And it seems like, with many upcoming changes to kind of baseball things, that it rules around betting are only going to get more and more permissive. And mm-hmm. that may just be something we're going to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean a, a bunch of um, a bunch of teams and the league um, for hockey have partnered with um, sports betting sites. Like the the Capitals have signed an agreement to have Caesars, I want to say mm-hmm. Caesars yeah, Media or something yeah. like that, advertise on their jerseys. So mm-hmm. they're the first team in the league who's going to have advertisements on their jerseys. Um, oh, wow. The stars, That's of course. Whole... The stars, of course, are the first team to have advertisements on their helmets, and that's Seven mm-hmm. Eleven, which means <laughs> Rachel is a brand new Dallas Stars fan. Yay! <laughs> I'm practically a partial owner in Seven Eleven. It's true at this point. 
Mm-hmm. I should just let you pick a player. I feel like this one's Rachel's. Yay! Uh, listen, if you want to talk through that, I will help okay, you. Okay, I, I could use some, uh, some input Actually, on that decision. you know what? The right player is Braden Holby. Okay. He's, the, he's one of their new goalies. He played for the Capitals. He won a Stanley Cup with the Capitals, then went to Vancouver and is now in Dallas. Looks okay, very great. good in green. Uh, went to all of the pride parades in D.C. Oh, like, nice. The t- is, was the Capitals' pride ambassador. Uh, he and his wife and kids own turtles, and there's a whole thing about oh. getting the turtles over their border into Canada oh, when he yeah, played for I the bet. Canucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... Braden, Braden Holpe, he's your guy. Okay, good to know. Yeah. So if I show up in Dallas with a Slurpee, he's mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. you belong yes. to me now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, good to know. <laughs> He'd be pretty chill about it. <laughs> so, I don't know, Nancy, we haven't talked about much about gambling in the NBA. Yeah, it's a thing. I really don't know much about it, honestly. Like, I don't... I... I come from a family who has some susceptibility to addiction stuff. So I've always kind of stayed clear of anything potentially addictive for the most part, just because I've seen what it does. And also when I was a kid growing up, you couldn't gamble in Illinois, but you could gamble in Missouri and maybe Kentucky. So there was riverboat gambling, which was a big deal. Oh, you yeah. Get on the riverboat cross over the state line in the river, <laughs> mm-hmm. gamble, and then cross back and be let off. It's okay, like everybody, international everybody, hold waters. Still, hold yeah, still. exactly. No gambling? No gambling? Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what would happen. Now go. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I, I I did know people, you know, but it was like a big deal, you know, and, and it was so conservative where I grew up that, like, it was a big deal. So-and-so went on the riverboat last weekend. Like, that was <clears throat> hot goss, you know. Um, <laughs> So I don't, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, you know, like, I've, I don't, I played the nickel slots in Reno once. Like, that's the extent of. Mm-hmm. Nickel think, slots, big spender. I know, right? I always <laughs> do the penny <laughs> slots myself. Um, so, like, I think Kyle won, I want to say it was like $2.55 on the nickel slots as we were passing through, which is a terrific <laughs> return on investment, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like that's that's so I don't I'm kind of like you like I don't I don't have so, a feel for it I don't have an understanding of it I know it happens in like in the NBA there was a guy a reporter who used to report on the Warriors named Ethan Strauss who was super into the concept of sports gambling and did a lot of writing about it and so I've heard him talk about it some mm-hmm. in in connection but I I never picked up enough to understand so it or know I about I know it. I've told you guys about watching the Super Bowl quote-unquote, with the Dallas Stars. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Did I tell you that they were they were betting while we were mm-hmm. there? I, so I don't understand. But they had, like, the the nine-by-nine nine grid, and mm-hmm. everybody picked a spot. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how that is. But I still have that betting sheet. I have it yeah. hanging up in the wall of my office. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, I, 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 get, I get things like, I'll bet you five bucks so-and-so wins this game. Right? right. Yeah. Like, that kind of gambling, like, I don't particularly care about it, but I understand it, right? Like, no, nah, that's stupid. They're never going to win. I'll I'll take your five bucks. You know, like, fine. But I'm more into the I'll bet you five bucks you won't eat that kind of a gambling thing. But so I you guess, and Kyle can like, have I, fun with that. <laughs> no, I don't eat the so thing. So I guess it's... But like, I pay five dollars to all, watch somebody else eat the I'm thing. I'm saying you and Kyle might have fun with that. Okay, and he fair, might make money off Fair you. enough. 
So I guess I see a difference between like betting amongst your friends Mm -hmm. and giving your money to an organization. Oh, absolutely. That is basically destined to take it. Oh, no, totally. There's there's a huge difference. One feels like gambling and the other feels like, you know, a fun game amongst friends. Low stakes idiocy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, arguably, and, and, your, your you know, fantasy honestly, football is closer to the low stakes game among friends, right? Yeah, because we paid twenty five dollars, right? Exactly, and yeah. there are eight of us. And does the corporation that you do it through take money? I mean, it must. They must take a cut, right? I. You know what? I I genuinely don't know. Never having won our league, <laughs> I don't know what the payout looks like. But it's it's Yahoo Fantasy, so I I'm sure they, they yeah, take I mean, that's, a that's how they get. I'm sure they money. either take a cut. Or they get all their money from advertising revenue. Or both. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, you know, like, I know that it can get very complicated. Like, I know there's sports betting that gets into, like, is there overtime? Is there not overtime? What's the point spread? What's the, you know, who scored how many? What's the over under? You know, and I just, I know. Well, I mean, when you get into fantasy sports, it's even more granular than that. It's like. How many shots on goal did you have? Mm-hmm. How many shots did you have? What's mm-hmm. your time on ice? How many, mm-hmm. you know, they get yeah. into really the minutia. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't know if if people like bet on the minutia oh, outside sure of fantasy, do. but I, I, I mean, that was yeah. kind of the point I was reading about um, it getting into baseball pretty big, like. Just thinking of, of the A's broadcast recently, they got this, it's always funny when they get a shiny new statistics thing to play with, that <laughs> like would adjust the percentage of every batter versus every pitcher right there on the screen of like, okay, the first pitch was a ball. Now, when this batter has, uh, you know, one ball and no strikes against this pitcher, what are the odds that he's going to get a hit? What are the odds that he's going to walk? What are the odds that he's going to strike out? And with every pitch, those odds shifted, sometimes significantly. So that's the kind of thing that obviously would easily gel with, people who like to gamble Mm -hmm. yeah yeah well and you know what like part of me is like what whatever do what you want to do but i don't want to see 45 like casino and sports betting website commercials yeah every time i watch a game i mean yes but also, I hate most of the other commercials, too. I guess I don't see anything inherently worse <laughs> about those than I do about the, you know, fast food No, ads. it's a good point. You know? I, it's just, I'm used to the other ones. Uh-huh. This is a new <laughs> thing. No, that's, I, I mean, usually I think that's, that's worth calling out. Because, like, I don't otherwise really watch TV. And so for mm-hmm. sports, the ads make me crazy. And I'm not yeah. used to it. And they're all terrible. Like, they're all just awful. But yeah, so I don't even notice the the gambling ones. Like I agree, there's a gambling culture that like if it takes over the 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 ballparks or whatever, right? Like I agree that I don't want to go to a sports event that is primarily composed of what I assume the gambling crowd is like. Mm-hmm. But but in terms of the sort of like, are you advertising a casino? Are you advertising a Big Mac? I don't care. Yeah, I mean, we already get plenty of casino advertisements here. It's true, yeah. Oh, we don't. There are a lot of casinos in California because they're tribal run. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. I hope they clean us all out. Fair. Yeah. Um, So I wanted to go back really quickly before we we change topics about the, um, the 
NFL celebrating thing. Mm. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so I texted Brittany, our resident, our, our football correspondent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, and I asked why football doesn't like celebrations, and she says <laughs> celebrations why do are they allowed. Hate fun. <laughs> Coordination, coordinated ones are now considered taunting. The rule, however, is slippery and exceedingly dumb. And then she sent me an article titled <laughs> The No Fun League. Yep. Slippery and exceedingly dumb might have just yeah. taken the lead as the pod title. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, there are the NFL Players Association coaches and competition committee have all made a strong statement regarding respect among everyone on the field we saw an increase in actions that clearly are not within the spirit and intent of this rule and not representative of the respect to opponents and others on the field game officials have been instructed to strictly enforce the taunting rules and players and coaches are reminded that two taunting penalties committed by an individual player will result in an automatic disqualification. Wow. In addition, the taunting player may be fined and or suspended depending on the severity of the actions. Yep. It's interesting because it seems like a very cultural thing, kind of like how baseball is so far up its own ass, you know? But I don't know. Is there a... I don't know if either of you will be able to answer this, but like... Because not that I've noticed in my time watching college football that I had no choice to watch, um, whether there was kind of a, a retribution element too, mm. because in baseball, there's very much, you celebrate too much, you may get plunked the next time you're up a bat. Whereas the NFL doesn't seem to be self-reinforcing in that same way, or football in general, I guess. But I guess you don't really need an excuse to run into the other yeah, guys. Yeah, what would that you even don't. look like? As opposed yeah, to regular have, play. <laughs> like half your team is supposed to run into people and bowl them over anyway. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to circle back around to that. Yes, and, uh, thank you. I thought the, the no fun thing was uh, cute. Um, it seems to be something like um, if one person celebrating is fine... Potentially even two or more people celebrating is fine. But if there's anything that looks choreographed, that's against the rules and is taunting. Okay. But again. I thought it was even stricter than that. Like. Slippery. And there's a lot of things dumb. that one person can't do. You know, yeah. even in, in college football. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. No fun. Well, let's talk about a more fun league. Oh, yes. Great. Fancy. Mm-hmm. What's going on in the WNBA playoffs? Well, so the WNBA just started their playoffs, um, and I have to have my my annual whine about them, which is that their format sucks, and the reason their format sucks is because they have to get them done and off TV before the NBA, the men's basketball, starts playing, which sucks and is stupid. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, the NBA viewership rose by, I want to say, like, 41% 41 percent in 2020 holy shit so like this idea that people aren't interested in women's sports not so fucking much not so uh, much so i think they should use Just this one big lie as a reason for next year to change the playoff format because the reason it's real stupid is that the first <laughs> two rounds are single elimination so mm. yeah so you get these teams that are great and 
you only get to see them play one game. Yeah. And then you don't get to see them anymore. So I watched the the first round uh, of eliminations. I watched the New York Liberty play the Phoenix Mercury, which was a fucking insane game. Yeah, I watched just the last so good, so 15, close. 20 minutes of it. Went and back it was, and forth and yeah. back and forth and back and forth. And it was like intense. They uh, The Mercury won by a single point wow. within like the last 40 seconds or something. And it came oh. from a free throw. Yeah. So it was like, it was... Less than last 40. Day. Yeah, like it was less than four. <laughs> yeah, something. It was amazing. Um, yeah, there was a final, they were tied, and then there was a final foul in the yeah. last four seconds. She took free throws, missed one, made one, and they won. Um, so, I mean, I would love to watch a series of those two teams. Yeah, absolutely. Playing each other, but no. So the Mercury went on uh, to round two. Also, the Dallas Wings played the Chicago Sky, uh, which was great. It was fairly close for a while. Chicago came out real strong and then kind of got sloppy in the middle, uh, but but pulled it off um, and finished, which is great. Chicago Sky's my backup team. They've got Candace Parker, who is amazing. And they've also got uh, the Vanderquigs, uh, Courtney Vandersloot mm. and Allie Quigley, who are married and are adorable. Um <clears throat> And they also have Kalia Copper, who is amazing and also did a terrific job in that game. Uh, So they moved on, the Mercury moved on, and then we have had round two. I did not, I was not able to watch those games because they were yesterday and there was pie and I was, I chose pie over sports, which I would have liked to have had both, both. but that was not on the table. Sometimes you gotta make a choice. Sometimes you gotta make a choice. Uh, so the Phoenix Mercury uh, went up against the Seattle Storm, and the Storm lost, and I'm real sad about that. Um, and that was the second round, so it's single elimination. It was elimination. the second round, so it's sec- single Jesus. elimination again, right? Right? And it also would have been an I amazing can't. series. I know, it makes yeah. me crazy. Um, like, even give us a three-game series. I know, right? Like, at least. Come on. Come on. Um, so the, the Storm were missing Brianna Stewart, um, and I think... What I had seen is that, you know, you may remember they won the Commissioner's Cup like a month ago, um, and they also had several players in the Olympics, and I had not had a chance to watch very many other games after that, um, but basically what I saw was that they they looked tired, you know? Mm. Um, They looked like they had won the Commissioner's Cup, they'd done well at the Olympics, and then they kind of ran out of steam, which, Mm -hmm. hard to argue with. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. so the Phoenix Mercury beat them. I like the Mercury. Uh, the Mercury have Diana Taurasi, who's an amazing player, um, possibly in her last season. So they're definitely worth watching. Um, and then the Chicago Sky also beat the uh, Minnesota Lynx, um, who I don't know or have any feelings about. So that's round two. And then we're getting to the semifinals, which will be Phoenix versus the Las Vegas Aces, which should be a heck of a game. Um, well, a heck of a series because we get we we get a series starting in round three. Um, I believe How many games? I think five? it's five. Yeah, so I think it's best three out of five. Um, I'm rooting for the Mercury. Uh, the Aces have Asia Wilson, who's incredible, but I just I'm kind of against all Vegas teams just as a general personal policy. Um, <laughs> so I support that policy. Thank you. So go Mercury. Uh, also, Diana Taurasi. She's fucking badass kind of kind of hard also to root for her. mercury for a name of a team that is in the 
desert <laughs> yes, and gets lots of sun. Yeah. <laughs> kind of good. Yeah. Kind yeah, of yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Um, and then Chicago's going to be playing Connecticut. Um, so that's sixth seed versus first seed. So that'll be interesting. Um, and I'm rooting for Chicago there. Connecticut's been real good, but they're not, they're not, uh, infallible. Um, so, cause they, they kind of pulled off the first seed late in the season. So they're doing well, they're on a run, um, but they can be exploited. The Chicago Sky has a lot of vets. Um, if they manage to sort of clean up some of the things that they're doing, they will be really a good team. So I think they could do it. I think they could get to the finals. Um, I don't know if they will, but I, they certainly could. Uh, so what I would like to see is the Chicago Sky versus the Phoenix Mercury. I'd I'd probably like for the Sky to win it, but I'd be okay if the Mercury won it. Mm-hmm. But either way, I think it'll be a good series. Um, so game one for both of those, for both semifinals, is on ESPN2 on September 28th, which is Friday. Tomorrow. No, that's tomorrow. <laughs> Why does my brain think it's the 24th? Um <clears throat> Because we talked about recording on the 24th. Oh, you're right. That's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> so today's the 27th, which means that the first game for both semifinal te- uh, matchups is tomorrow on ESPN 2. First game is at 8 p.m. Eastern. Second game is at 10 p.m. Eastern. Um, and then we'll see where it goes from there. So that's the WNBA. Uh, super recommend watching it. They're really playing some really good basketball this year, and it's really a good time. That's awesome. I will say uh, the other piece of outrage I have, I'm so pissed about this. Uh, The game between the Mercury and the Liberty was not held in their arena. It was held in the local, I don't remember if it's a community college or just a small-time university Oh, I saw this. I saw this. Because... The arena in which preempted. the Mercury play got preempted for a concert. Yeah. Can you imagine? No. Mm-mm. And it wasn't even a, like, the series went to seven games. No. So we, yeah, no. it was just the one. No, the single game playoff game. was always a going to be played on that day. playoff game. Can yeah. you imagine? No, one it of would the never happen. One of the men's leagues. Never. Getting would never bunted to the local community college arena. No. In a playoff game, I just... Mm-mm. I mean, the crowd was excellent. I'll give them that. The they crowd would, was They would lit. bump the concert to the community college. I know, right? Oh, makes me crazy. So yeah. the the WNBA is celebrating their 25th year. They also, if you like sports gear, just released a new capsule collection in honor of the 25th uh, anniversary, which has a new version of the WNBA hoodie. Uh, Isn't that the ugly one? Yeah, it's the ugly one. But I like the idea that they're making a capsule collection. Okay, so, like, fair whatever. enough. <laughs> Um, it's, and apparently it's like a current fashion thing to put like a bunch of tiny type on the front of a thing, which I think is Yeah, it looked like somebody Xeroxed a flyer and put it on the front of the yeah, it does. orange jersey. Yeah. It's not great looking. But they have a bunch of really good sweatpants too. And they, and okay. they did something really cool, which is where they produced, um, t-shirts for each team and t-shirts for like, a, I, I want to say 10 different players throughout the league. And they're all very much like circa you know 1997 or whatever you know because almost like a throwback jersey exactly um so they're really fun they look really good and they have the the 
the city t-shirts, like the, the team city t-shirts have the year and sort of the sweatpants, the year the team was founded, as well as like the city skyline and like, it, it's a good collection. Oh, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, okay. it's fun. So I'll probably get the Seattle t-shirt and that'll be nice. Um, yeah. And, it, you know, one of the things women's sports always complains about is there's not enough merch. So they're making actual merch, which is terrific. So I'm happy about yeah, that. And I mean, that that orange WNBA sweatshirt. Yeah, I love it. It's great. Yeah, like, yeah. it's great. I mean, as we know, I love orange. As my car is orange. <laughs> mm-hmm. My coffee mug is orange. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. water bottle is orange. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I think you're the only other yeah. person I've ever met who likes orange as much as I do, which is... <laughs> yes, cheers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of Seattle gear, mm. the the new Seattle Kraken had mm. their first preseason game last night. And they won! They beat the pants off of the Vegas yeah. Golden Knights, which oh, is nice. lovely. <laughs> yes. I think um, they played the Canucks. You're right, they did. Yeah, because the Sharks played the, the, the Vegas Knights, which I was also happy about. Oh, good job. <laughs> yeah. And um, amazing. And probably the last I, time they'll do it this season. So we got to enjoy it while it lasts. I don't know. The thing that I've learned about preseason games is they, they really can, like, end up mixing things up. Like, part of the point of preseason is to see how well your rookies are doing mm-hmm. and see which of the rookies should make the, mm-hmm. the show. Mm-hmm. And so the Sharks... I feel like they have a lot of space for some rookies to like uh-huh. come yeah. on up and make an impression. Yeah. yeah, they sure do. That's that's the um, truth. Yeah, but yeah, the the uh, the Kraken beat the Canucks five to two, mm-hmm. which is nice. Uh, but also their jerseys and their merch—I swear they look good on everyone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's very solid. I'm excited about the yeah. Kraken. I didn't get to watch yeah. either game again. Like Sunday, there was like. Two WNBA playoff games, three NWSL games, and two hockey preseason games, and I didn't get to watch any of them. <laughs> I was so bummed. Oh. I well, know. I mean, it's it's preseason hockey. I know. Like, don't I worry know. about it. I know. I know. I know. And there's preseason basketball, but again, I don't really care. It's not really, not yeah. really a thing. Yeah. So, WNBA playoffs um, and WSL is back from their, their break, so that's exciting. That's they're, good. They're going to have the playoffs, I think, next month. The NWSL? Mm-hmm. So oh, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm going to use that as a segue to our to our next topic. Has the WNBA or the NWSL had any issues with getting players vaccinated? Um, <clears throat> the NWSL has had a recent outbreak, um, which I don't know anything about. Uh, their back their vaccination policies, sure. but there was. I know I put you on the spot team, with that. I'm trying to remember. I think it was Louisville um, that had to forfeit a couple games because they couldn't field enough players to play, um, and then they weren't going to have time to make them up. Um, I think it was Louisville. Um, so there's it's clearly still a going concern, um, and there was a, it, you know, there was a good cautionary tale that came out of it because one of the players on the team uh coincidentally at the same time got suspended for one game for like something very vague that was like not abiding by team protocol or something oh yeah didn't she have to come out and yeah say... she came out and was like look 
I have never had COVID. I am vaccinated. I was not the cause of this outbreak because everybody was just like, right. oh, obviously this is the player right. who caused obviously the outbreak. Right, obviously that vague, yeah, right. that vague suspension. And apparently, yeah. no, it really was just a coincidence and she got suspended for something else and, you know. But <laughs> she's wow. clearly frustrated and understandably <laughs> yeah. so. So, you know, it's it's a challenge. But no, the, the I haven't heard anything about the WNBA having any trouble with it at all. If 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 something has happened, I have missed it, which is entirely possible, but but yeah. Um all right, so let's then talk about this uh Rolling Stone article <sighs> and uh, how the NBA is leading the charge on not getting vaccinated. Yeah, so so this is so there was a really interesting Rolling Stone article about this um, that we tweeted from the from the Falpuck account. And if you haven't had a chance to read it, I recommend it. It's long, but it's really interesting. Um, and the reason that this is a thing that I am following particularly closely is that Andrew Wiggins, who is a player on the Golden State Warriors and a good player on the Golden State Warriors and a player that we need on the Golden State Warriors, is unvaccinated. Um the I think the article said it was something like I want to say around ten ish, maybe a little like ten to fifteen percent of the NBA is currently unvaccinated, um, and the NBA Players Union, um, NBA PA, has pushed back hard against vaccination mandate um, and mm-hmm. has succeeded. The NBA caved to them. Um, So this brings up a lot of what we talked about earlier in the pandemic with the difference between, you know, having a a player body that is largely people of color versus having a player body in, in baseball or especially in hockey that's not, right? Now, this is an interesting contrast to the WNBA, which is even more players of color than the NBA is. I believe they're high. I think they're like 85% versus the NBA's 80%. And I don't think they're having the same level of problem with it. Um, mm-hmm. I should look at the actual numbers for that. But so I'm... the article, the article says the NBA claims 90% mm-hmm. of its players have received at least one shot. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's more like 80 or 85% are fully vaccinated. Yeah. Right. Um, so for a lot of the teams, it kind of doesn't matter because they are playing in markets where nobody cares, right? Texas, Colorado, <laughs> other places, Indiana. Um, and it matters only in the sense of if you get sick and miss time, it sucks for your team, right? But it's not a, a detriment to the team in any other way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so of course, for those players, they're still encouraged to get vaccinated, I think there are instances in which certain teams have put in place certain protocols. And I think the NBA is trying to put in place protocols calls as well for unvaccinated players, you know, that they have to mask when they're on the sidelines, you know, that sort of thing. But, but overall it doesn't really cause that big of a problem. However, as Rebecca talked about vis-a-vis hockey last time, um, there are certain cities which have teams of which San Francisco is one where the city itself requires people to be vaccinated in order to play. 
Or to even enter the Even enter the building, right. So currently in San Francisco, you have to show a vaccination, proof of vaccination to enter basically any building at this point, uh, which I think is great. Um, And Mm -hmm. in order to play... Yes, for the record. Yeah. We're all on board. Pro-vaccine. Yes. Uh, So for the Warriors, because they are based in Chase Center, which is in San Francisco they all are required by the city to be vaccinated fully. Their, their staff, the players, the whole shebang. This goes into effect October 13th. Um, right now, Andrew Wiggins is able to practice with the team following certain protocols. Um, but as of October 13th, he will no longer be able to enter the facilities at all, um, whether to practice, whether to play, nothing. Um, at this point, given that it's the 27th, the only way he could be fully vaccinated in time would be Johnson & Johnson, and if he got it, like, tomorrow. Um, he is digging in, it seems like. He had a he was in a press conference today uh, and was supposed to, quote-unquote, sort of explain his position. It sounds like I haven't watched it, but from what I've seen talking about it, he did not. He did uh-huh. request a religious exemption from the NBA, and it was denied. Um, so I don't really know where it goes from here. And this is something that I have tried to research a bit and have not necessarily found a lot of... Like, the information I found is a little unclear and conflicting, and it may just be because we don't know. Like, it hasn't been tested yet. Because mm-hmm. I've, I was trying to figure out, like, what happens, right? Right. Like, if he cannot play literally half the games and in fact more than half the games because he also would not be allowed to play in some other cities too Mm -hmm. what does that happen does he i mean at a very minimum it sounds like he would miss out on getting paid for those games so that halves his salary it's possible he would also be fined or suspended for missing practices Mm -hmm. i can't find out if it would be grounds for breaking his contract which is what I was interested in knowing. Like, does that constitute breaking the contract on his part? Or would it give the Warriors justifiable grounds to break his contract? I can't find I can't find any information on that. And the other thing is, I don't know how much that impacts his value as a trade, you know? So like if the Warriors, if he's just like, no guys, I'm, I'm not doing it. And they uh-huh. try to go trade him. I don't know if that makes him a less valuable trade. It's probably going to depend on the market they try yeah. to take into. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, don't know. Um, I have a hard time imagining even getting that far. Like, who's going to stop him from going into the building kind of a thing, you know? At, at Chase Center? Yeah. The security guards. You think they oh, would? Oh, yeah. Oh, I absolutely think they would. Yeah. Okay. I think he will not be because, allowed in the building. Yeah. I mean, because if they don't, they're right. the ones getting fired. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, and and you, you mentioned... Yeah, you mentioned about um, the NBA Players Association mm-hmm. or whatever is that what they're called? The yes, Players Association NBA, yeah. um, having won some battles about this. I think mm-hmm. it's important to point out that Kyrie Irving yes. serves on the Players Association, and he's apparently been mm-hmm. like he was a big part of this article. He's been very yes, like vocally and publicly anti-vaccine and a little bit yeah he's a conspiracy theory guy because he's a flat earther he was he He has since come out and said he's not actually um 
But yeah, he's Kyrie Irving. I have such mixed feelings about him because he's he's such an interesting and understandable guy in some ways. And I have some real sympathies for some of the stuff he's done. And he's done a lot of good talking about mental health and so forth. And then also he's a conspiracy theory nut job. And I'm like, what are you, what are you doing, buddy? What? Come on. Um, so yeah, he's, I want to say like the third ranked uh, leader of the NBA PA and has done a lot of work in, in trying to keep there from being a vaccination mandate and framing it very much, of course, as player's choice, right? This should be Mm -hmm. a choice. This is not, you know, and, and the problem, particularly in terms of players of color is that you get into two things. The first is the history of, you know, medical and vaccination abuse within, especially the black community, but other communities Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And secondly, the problems and optics of, you know, rich white people owning black bodies and, and mm-hmm. what telling them it... what they can do with those bodies. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So there are some very real problematic issues there. You know, it's, mm-hmm. I don't, and I don't think we've ever tried to gloss over that, but I, I want to be real clear that you can't just say, you know, this is coming out of nowhere and this is completely unreasonable. That said, the arguments are specious. You know, yes. the arguments that they are using are not, valid well, in his, this particular scenario his um his argument right now seems to be um that secret societies are implanting vaccines in a plot to connect black people to a master computer for a plan of satan i don't think that's his actual argument i think that's a thing he has trotted out i think his actual argument oh. is i don't want to do this and you shouldn't be able to make me you know so so here's the thing. We've we've gotten a handful of people in hockey saying the same thing. There's mm-hmm. one rookie who was like um oh, I he, saw this he guy. made some comment that was that was about oh that he hopes his human rights mm-hmm. will override mm-hmm. this issue whatever. Right. I want to know where all of these men who are so concerned about people <laughs> moderating their bodies mm-hmm. have been when what we talk about people and, yeah. moderating women's bodies. Yes. Yeah. Like this That's feels like we're really, yeah. but I feel like we're like, we're in just the, like this could be a tipping point <laughs> in the conversation. Boy, about I hope you're right. Who gets yeah, a say and what know. happens to your body? That way. I mean, it's, just a parroting of rhetoric mm-hmm. from one like we see hypocrisy hypocrisy on their side they see hypocrisy on our side yeah. like mm-hmm. i i don't think we're gonna really get anywhere with this no but. no i don't think we are either but that's what makes me even more cranky <laughs> like we're, we could be right there mm-hmm. not that i not that i think well whatever i'm not gonna go into that mm-hmm. um but you know, it's, it's, I agree. Like there, there are some people who are just not going to get vaccinated and they're going to say it's because it's my personal freedom or Mm -hmm. it's because of Mm -hmm. this Satan plan or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they were just never going to get vaccinated Mm -hmm. one way or another. Mm -hmm. Well, Um, I mean, I think we can mostly agree that the appropriate response to that is, well, then there are things you cannot do. And one of those is play sports. Yeah. Right. Um, The problem of course, then is first of all, for the Golden State Warriors, it sucks because we need Andrew Wiggins. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for the Nets, it sucks. They need Kyrie Irving. Um, and then also, I think the, I mean, and that's why I'm so interested in the outcomes, right? Like, what happens? Do we, are we able to give Andrew Wiggins an ultimatum and just say, like, 
put up or shut up, dude. Like you gotta, you gotta either do it or, or leave or, you know, mm-hmm. you're in breach of your contract and you have to go. Mm-hmm. Um, or is it sort of, you know, death by a thousand cuts where like he plays 35 games in the season and then that's that. Like, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't seem like there's an answer to that yet. Um, yeah. So this is one arena where I'm actually slightly proud of the NHL, which is not something <laughs> I get to say very often. Mm-hmm. But um, right now they're at about a 90% vaccination rate, and they expect that by the time the season starts in another week and a half, they're only going to be about 10 to 15 players across mm-hmm. the league who are unvaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've they've rolled out some pretty like pretty hefty health and safety protocols. So Mm -hmm. when they're on the road, unvaccinated players are not allowed to go anywhere except for the team hotel, the practice facility and the arena Mm -hmm. Um, at the team hotel. They're not allowed to use the bar restaurant, gym or pool and cannot have teammates or visitors in their rooms. Um, And I'll tell you, there were four capitals suspended last season Mm -hmm. for, having a gathering in somebody's room. So Mm -hmm. like they are, the league is taking that seriously. Yeah. Um, Unvaccinated players are prohibited from carpooling or using saunas. They are encouraged not to eat and drink on flights, attend bars or clubs or eat indoors, even at home with people outside their households or personal bubbles. Yeah. But does encourage not to have any teeth at all? No, (laughs) no, that, that piece doesn't have any teeth at all, Okay, but I'll get to the teeth. Um, And this is all from an ESPN article by Emily Kaplan. Mm -hmm. Um, Teams can suspend unvaccinated players who are unable to participate in club activities, whether it's due to a positive case or the inability to travel due to governmental restrictions. Unvaxxed players will surrender a day's pay for each day they miss. Um, Wow. Yeah. So it's not just each game they miss. It's each day they miss of games, practice, team activities, Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, throughout the season, they're subject to daily testing, um, whereas vaccinated players are subject to testing every three days. Um, so, so I'm actually like the fact that there, there actually are teeth in this about Mm -hmm. you're going to surrender your pay and, and the teams may suspend players if they don't get vaccinated and therefore cannot participate in activities. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a pretty good step for the, for the NHL. Yeah. I mean, um, it sounds like the, the NHL players union didn't push back the way the NBA players union did. No. Well, and also, but I think this, this also speaks to the culture of the sport, which we've mm. talked about a little bit before yeah. Yeah. that hockey like indoctrinates you into the team, right? The everything thing. is we, everything yeah. is the team. Mm-hmm. You do not, you are not an outlier in the team. Mm-hmm. You are not like causing a ruckus in any sort of way whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like you are the team. Mm-hmm. And so I suspect there's been a lot of that, like you must be the team kind mm-hmm. of pressure around mm-hmm. vaccinations as well. Yeah, that would make a certain amount of sense. And basketball does not have that culture. Basketball is much more a coalition of individuals. Um, Right. One of the things that I have found interesting and that I dislike, frankly, is that, um, you know, we have New York, Canada and San Francisco are currently the places where you can't. um, Well, not just San Francisco, I think L.A. too. Um, Yeah, I thought it was California. I think it's California. I think you're right. Um, currently 
require vaccination for people on their own teams, but not for visiting teams. Yeah, which, that doesn't make sense. No. Yeah, I, and it provides this giant loophole, which I dislike. And in fact, it doesn't yeah. even, somebody was saying, and I, I'm taking this on, on face value, but what I saw was, or what I heard was, that it doesn't even apply to visiting. So like in California, if the Warriors go down to play the Clippers, Andrew Wiggins can play them because they're a visiting team, even though they're both California <laughs> Even though it's teams. in the same state. Yeah. So I, again, I don't know if that's accurate or not, but I heard that and I was like, yeah. that's dumb. The old mesh hat <laughs> rears its head again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly it's blue and gold and yeah. green and gold. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I, I feel like that's... A huge oversight. And I wish San Francisco and New York would just crack down and just say, no, sorry, nobody is coming in this building if they are not vaccinated. We don't fucking care. Yeah. I mean, as as far as I'm aware, Madison Square Garden, at least, is holding mm-hmm. that line. I hope they do. Yeah. I think that'd be great. Even Canada's not. I guess the, the Raptors got a, an agreement that unvaccinated NBA players can come and play in Toronto, they have to, they're subject to a lot of the restrictions that you were talking about with the NHL. They can only be in the hotel and they can only be in the practice facility and like all of that. But still, they got a national interest exemption. Oh, shut up. I was like, come on, Canada. Grow a pair, would you? (laughs) That's so... Mm. Yes, Joe, you're absolutely right. (laughs) Joe just held up their fingers to indicate money. Money talks. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. They are correct. Well, I'm not even sure this conversation is happening in the MLB. So, (laughs) thanks for the perspective. I I appreciate it. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, you know, I think they can probably get away with a lot by saying like the stadiums are outdoors and a lot of practice facilities are outdoors, but not all of them. And but I mean, the ones that are indoors are primarily in Florida and Texas. Mm-hmm. which have well even the indoor ones are big yeah like there's it's not the same thing you're it's a basketball court and and that is a thing that i heard brought up is that the nfl and the mlb you know have a real advantage over the nhl and the nba in this sense mm-hmm. that they play in big spaces outdoors and even the nhl has an advantage over the nba because um, i know one of the regulations for unvaccinated nba players who are on a visiting team in San Francisco is they're supposed to stay six feet away from the crowd at all times. And I was like, have you seen how they line the edge of the court? <laughs> like, what, are you only going to play in like a three foot strip down the middle? Like, no, that's not. <laughs> well, work. so when I was looking up MSG rules earlier, it did say that anybody who's sitting on the court has mm-hmm. to keep their mask on at all times, no exceptions. Oh, so even those people don't even get like the food exception. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know in a number of NHL arenas, they have put up plexiglass barriers. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're used to having the glass around. I was going to say, aren't the there already ice. plexiglass barriers? But they've, they've put more of them in and in different mm-hmm. places. Okay. Um, to, does that i've know, heard that that's not breathing. really security theater yeah potentially <laughs> but you know what i uh i'm allegedly going to a game in a couple weeks so that's amazing let us know how I'll it let is you know yeah. how that goes i mean at capital one arena everybody has to wear a mask i mean dc has a has a mm-hmm. mask mandate and that's not going anywhere anytime soon 
So, I don't know. We'll see. I admit to being nervous about that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Do you guys have anything else you want to add? Uh, I don't think so. Any, any feelings or emotions you feel like sharing? I just, in general or? Sure. (laughs) You know, I had therapy today. I'm feeling very emotive. If anybody needs to share. It's nice. I just want Andrew Wiggins to get the vaccine soon so -hmm. that we can just, you know, like it's, he played so well last year and we're going to get Clay Thompson back. And like, I just, I just want us to do it one last year, guys. (laughs) Don't fuck this up for me, buddy. Come on. You can do it, guys. You You heard her. Nancy says. (laughs) Yeah. When's the World Series officially start? Uh, so the last day of the regular season is October 3rd, and then we'll have the one wild card game soon thereafter. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Good luck. It'll be interesting. All right. Yeah. Well, on that note, I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up. And I will tell you that you can find us on the internet at uh, Falpuck Podcast on Instagram and Falpuck Pod on Twitter. Our email address, of course, is falpuckpodcast at gmail.com. And our website is fellpuckpodcast.net. And I would like to thank Joe for listening to all this crap and stitching it together. And Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com for our music. And I would Kevin, like to... shoot us an email if you ever hear this message. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. That'd be great fun. Um, and I would like to encourage everybody to rate and review on the uh, podcast app of your choice and tell your friends and go to our Twitter Page and engage with us because we're a lot of fun there. Uh, yeah, it's true. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time on Foul Puck. Mm-hmm.